Abba Yahweh again, the opportunity to share your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, and to be a conduit, Father God. You bless me so mightily by allowing this to take place, Father. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for the chance to to bless others, to to draw them, Father, to plant a seed for them to come and know and seek your truth, knowledge, and wisdom, to seek your face, Father God. So this is a thing that's stirring around, um, had thought about, and been thinking about because of what I had, um, partially what I had read in, in uh, Brother Yun's writings and his sharing, but it's something that's very important, I think, that we need to pay attention to and need to realize. And um, I'm going to see if I can't give you an analogy that some of us might be able to relate to. Then again, I'm not sure because we have millennials and younger people that have never had this done and they may not have an idea of what I'm talking about, but that's okay. There are many that that would and, and do and maybe they can share. But, you know, when we were kids, we used to have, um, we used to have team captains and, and, you know, when you had all the other kids that were in your, in your grade or something that were being chosen for a particular team, and you were hoping to get picked on that team that you were chosen to play with them. Or, you know, you were just chosen to play and sometimes they would have all they needed and then they'd, uh, then they'd just leave. Uh, there were some kids that were really actually pretty gracious and, and they're picking and choosing. And then if they didn't choose you, um, they would try to make you feel better and apologetic and, and the fact that everyone was already taken and they would try to uh, they would try to assuage your sensation of being <laughs> worthless um, I mean there were some kids it just it was that way you didn't want you didn't like it but they would try to make you so you wouldn't feel that way and then you had those kids who were much like the Pharisees, and this is where the problem comes in. They got chosen, so they were better than everybody else. They were better than anybody else. Didn't make any difference who they were. They were even sarcastic and smart off to the teachers because they thought that they were so much better than everyone else because they were chosen for everything first. Um, there were some that were pretty bright and intelligent, and there were some that were just dumb as a box of rocks, but they were chosen for the teams all the time. Well, I say that to say this. And you need to pay attention to what's being said because this is important. It is very important. God doesn't call you and choose you because he needs you. God calls you because he wants you, because he loves you, because you are his child and he wants you to be with him and he has things for you to do. He wants you. But this is where, in my perception, and I believe I'm truthful because the Holy Spirit's allowing, that this is where the problem came in with Peter and Paul at first. Peter came to know the difference and know the importance because God showed him. But, <coughs> pardon me, um, 
I believe that Peter allowed in the same thing that happened with the Pharisees, the pharisaical tyrants who thought themselves so much better than everyone else, so much haughtier and, and vaunted their authority higher than anybody else. They were the religious in charge. It was them. They were the chosen ones, and they were chosen to be the religious leaders of the chosen ones. So they went to school, and they got these signed pieces of paper that's saying that they were so. Well, that allowed for something that wasn't appropriate, or they allowed, and that was their arrogance to overflow, but they liked that when they went out in the marketplace, people would bow down and move out of the way and recognize who they were. The reality was they weren't really so much. They just thought themselves so much. So when you're chosen, don't become arrogant because you were chosen. Become, if anything, more humble because the king of heaven, the creator, the maker of all things made, chose you. But here's the thing. You still have a free will choice because he's not a pushy God. He's our good father. If you choose so be it. It's just a kind of a sad thing. But here's the thing. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you choose to do our father's business? Oh, that's right. The game's on this Sunday. So you can't. And you've got three or four friends coming over and you're going to barbecue while everyone else is at church. Oh, and you've got this bet on the game that's more important than the word of God, praising and worshiping God. Yeah, okay, I get it. You have decided that your sovereignty is greater than that of Almighty God. Hmm, okay. So your import is much more than that of the one who gives you breath and life and who you obviously have taken for granted in that your days are yours and you can do however, whatever. <clears throat> Pardon me. To an extent, that's true. But don't forget that you have breath in your lungs because of the grace and mercy of God. And you have the house you have and the things you have because of God's grace. It isn't because of necessarily anything that you've done. And then, of course, there's going to be the, well, how can you say that? Because I made the right investment and I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that. And people do that. There's an individual that's doing that now. Oh, I brought myself up out of poverty and look, and you know, people, people bow down like this person is, um, this person is royalty or this person is much more than what they truly are. And sadly, they have made declar certain declarations that are very sad and there are people that believe it to be true. And this person also endorses contrary teaching and totally contrary to the word of God, the Bible and promotes these people and there are others that will believe them because simply because they have so much money. Oh gosh, they did all this and they took themselves out of this and made this and did that. Wait a second, hold on, hold on just a minute. They didn't do anything themselves, never do. However, they either make that declaration or people don't see anyone else that helped them out. 
How about the, for some, the social worker that was there every single day checking on them, making sure that everything was good or getting them into school or finding for them the right house to be able to be raised in and giving them little bit extras that maybe they weren't supposed to do because that wasn't in their job description. So, but because they had compassion and kindness in their heart, they did it anyway. And let's not forget the mothers and fathers that paid for their education, that gave them a roof over their head, provided them clothing and provided them food and adopted them if they were foster kids or simply just raised them the best that they possibly could and made sure that they had every opportunity that they could. Unfortunately, some of those parents will take their kids into being spoiled rotten little brats and some will take them into just being really well taken care of and taught them properly. Raise them up in the way that they should go. The right way. Or let's not forget the entrepreneur that gave them a loan with no interest or no date of payback to help them get a business started. And they did start that business. And that business became very popular. That business became very affluent in the industry. It elevated to a very prominent place in that type of industry. And is that them doing it on their own? No. Where'd they get that loan from? Where'd they get, how'd they get the start? Where'd that come from? And I speak specifically because there are several individuals who come to mind. It's not necessary to mention their names, but they come to mind because people think that they did all this stuff on their own. And actually, if you know their history and go back in the history you find that there were many people all the way along that helped them get to where they were, that where they are. Many helped them. And yet there are those out there that say, oh, look what they did. Look what they did. Look what they did. They got, they got themselves up out of that on their own. They did this on their own. And then too, they brag about doing it on their own. And they forget too sometimes, sadly, the people that they absolutely stole from which that's happened a few times, and that's pretty sad. Brothers and sisters, there are many deceptive individuals out there. And there are many, sadly, that choose to believe that deception and the lies. But here's the promising thing that's really awesome and beautiful, and you need to know this and need to hold on to this is that no matter what is going on, God is with you for you all the time. And this is, uh, this is pretty awesome because he shared this with me this morning. I, I'm not exactly sure why, because I feel pretty good all the time. Maybe it just reminded me because something's about ready to come and knock me down. I don't know. That's okay, because God's with me. Um, importantly, I really, really feel important in that God blesses me to bless others. And he's honored my prayer. I pray the prayer of Shabbos. And that's to be blessed, to bless others. And when he does, and people try to thank me specifically, I remind them that I am just a carrier. Much as Moses was a carrier, God had him to carry the Ten Commandments and the law to the nation. However, many people gave way more credit than credit was due, or they took 
more credit than was warranted. But God uses me and gives me a blessing to bless others. And as you've heard me pray many times before starting, is that I am a conduit. Kind of like the the pipe flow of the water that comes from his throne. I am the conduit and allowed to carry that. That's a privilege that God that God allows me to do what I'm doing right now. This sharing his word, sharing his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom, and the words that he allows me to go into his treasure house. I've shared this. Some of you may have heard this or may not. But God God gave me this vision one time, and, and this is so awesome. I'm never going to forget it. But the treasure that God has me share and the treasury is his word. And all of this comes from his treasure house. And this vision that I had was that I went up to this massive door. It was so huge. There was no way that I could open it. And there was an angel on guard. And he opened the door for me. And... I went in, when I got inside, it was so bright. And I looked to my left and I couldn't see the wall. I looked to my right and I couldn't see the wall. I looked down the passage and I couldn't see the far wall. And I looked up and I couldn't see the ceiling. And there were shelves and shelves and shelves, all filled with all these sparkling gems and precious metals and this beautiful, all these, it was just, gorgeous and beautiful. I was allowed to go in with a basket and I could reach my arm in as far as I could and then pull out and fill the basket with all this, these gems and these precious metals and all this beautiful. And I was allowed to lead with it. But then when I looked over my shoulder to that place that should have been empty, where I had just swept all of these precious, beautiful things out, it was bubbling up out as if it was coming out of the shelf itself, like an artesian well. If you don't know what that is, it just comes up out of the ground. There's no pipe or anything. It just bubbles up and it fills these. There's many, there's a lot of places like that in Florida and other states. And they just bubble up and they fill these ponds. And they just fill, and it's beautiful drinking water. It's filtered from, oh, it's, it's they're wonderful. So all this, and the shelf is filled again. And I'm able to go back in so many times. I can go in there every single day. Okay, so the metaphor, if you don't get it, I'm gonna give it to you, is that's the word of God. He allows me to go into his treasury, into his word, every single day. I can pull out pieces, the scriptures and things that he's taught me, and I can share that with everyone else and anyone else that has an ear to hear the words, but listen to the message. Don't just hear the words. Listen to what's being spoken. Listen to what God has to say. Go to his word. Seek his truth, knowledge, and wisdom. Seek him out. Chase him as he's chased you. Because no matter the darkness, no matter the depth of the battle, no matter the, the enemy that has you, he will rescue you. He promises. Why are you chosen? You're chosen because you are his. He made you. He knows you. And he wants you to be home. He wants you to be in the kingdom of heaven. He chose me to be about his business. But here's the thing that many of us do. And I've done it for a long time. 
We put ourselves down. We don't think that we're good enough to do anything. And part of this I've shared with you before, and I've shared it with my brothers and sisters in my class, is this orphan spirit. It's not a good one. These are the they're demons that work for Satan, the enemy, and they have more than just the white noise interference. They they have more power than that. And if you don't ignore them or rebuke them, you listen to what they say and you don't rebuke them in the name of Jesus, who has given us authority to step on their heads, to step on the scorpions, the minions that come, or to face down the power of the enemy himself and come to no harm. But see, we fall into this thing that they like to portray themselves as being much greater than what they are. So we fall prey to that. But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're just, they have power. And you must be careful. Beware the Chaldeans, the enemies that came with Satan from heaven. They're very deceptive. They're very powerful. They're not just little mealy-mouthed, smart aleck. <laughs> no, they, they know things. They can do things. But they're not as powerful as we give them authority for. We give them their power and authority by allowing them to do certain things. And if you do that, much as I did, and I didn't realize, but I had, and they established a very nice foundation. And I like the fact that the power of the Holy Spirit is allowing that me to rebuke that more and more, and I'm becoming much more able to do that. But this orphan spirit was not because I was an orphan. I knew who my earthly mother and father were. I lived with them. But the orphan spirit came in because of the rest of the family. And not in the aunts and uncles and all this, but I had an army of half-brothers and they didn't particularly like my father. Which I didn't understand because, well, I guess I kind of do, trying to look back in retrospect and justify their, and you can't. They were just very disrespectful, very rude, very obnoxious, and they didn't like it. They didn't like the fact that they had to do certain things and they weren't able to get away with anything and everything that they were able to get away with. And they couldn't just tell mom whatever they wanted to tell her anymore. So they didn't like that. So they rebelled and consequently that rebellion took out physicality toward me. Alienated, ostracized, picked on, and in some cases demonized and that I was causation for their trouble. So that orphan spirit had a foundation and started building. I allowed it. And even through what I thought was being a good, my perception of being a good Christian, which was of course a falsehood, but that orphan spirit thing, and now those that stone wall that is being pulled down, which is a good thing. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ my Lord, the stronghold is toppling and pelling, and we gotta pull all those bricks out and those things, but we, we allow these things to happen, and if we allow this to continue to happen, there is a wall that comes up and that wall separates us from God. And that is fully the intention of Satan is to separate us, to keep us from attaining a personal relationship with God, which is all that our good heavenly father desires. He is our good, good father. He chooses us not because he needs us. He chooses us because he wants us. And we should count it a privilege to be chosen. And we have in Deuteronomy 33.25, I think is, um, I think is really important. And we, we have to know that 
through all our circumstances, everything that goes on around us, because he is our good, good father, he is with us all the time. And we have a tendency to allow the circumstances through the course of the day to overpower us or overwhelm us in our thought process. And this is the design of the enemy to get us to do that. And this is part of that white noise interference. So then we have our guard down and he and his demons can come along and torment and agitate. And then that white noise comes in. And if you allow too much of it, you have to be very cautious because here's the thing. They're very subtle. And you have to understand. And the scripture reminds us even that the demons know Jesus and his authority. Even they know. And how do they know that? Well, let me share this with you about that. Satan used to live in heaven. Lucifer, the morning star, the bright star. And those demons I talk about, they used to be angels. They were with him and they were kicked out. And they are his demons. They are vicious, mean, nasty, powerful, and strong. And they come to do nothing but take you and separate you from God any way they can. And they do. And they will. When you see individuals that are walking down the street and they seem to be having confrontational issues with things that are not there, how do you know that they can't see those demons that are with them? You don't know that, but yet, because you don't have, you have allowed yourself to pass judgment on them. I have a sneeze coming, pardon me. So you have allowed yourselves to pass judgment on them because you can't see what they have. And then your justification is, oh, they're just a whack job. They're just a nutcase. They're just a, there's nobody there. Well, how do you know? You don't. Are you a professional of psychiatric medication? You know, and... I even share this with you. How do those psychiatrists know anything? They don't. They only know the book smarts that they get and then they go out and they practice and they, quite honestly, can they convince people of things. And I find that kind of sad. But Brothers and sisters, we cannot see a lot of things that go on around us for a specific reason. It's for our protection. I've shared this with you before, is that those are kept from us because they are, in many respects, very hideous, much more so than anything that Hippocrates can lay out there. It's pretty nasty. But those that are chosen are protected and we have protection. Just remember that you're chosen not because God needs you for anything. God wants you. He wants you to be adopted into the family. He wants you to be accepting that Christ is and did come as the only begotten Son of God, and came crucified for your sake so that you can be an heir, a joint heir in the kingdom of heaven, not because God needs you to do anything. He would like you to share and spread the gospel. That's what he wants, so that everyone would have an opportunity because God created a lot of people to cover the face of this planet because of God's design. There are more that are coming all the time in births. And the desire is that the truth and the word of God is shared with everyone. 
there are some places in some countries where the demons and the minions are so adamant. China, North Korea, Russia, many countries in South America that sadly we have individuals even within our own government that parlay that they are good and that it would be good for everyone. Well, I've been around a while and I've seen history that shows exactly the opposite. But this is not to be confrontational with them. It's just to share truth and pray the discernment of the Holy Spirit in all things. I, I share this with you constantly, always. I invite you to try my spirit and see if my truth is not the truth. Because that's all I'm going to share with you. I'm not going to make up things to put myself higher above anyone else because I'm not. God chose me to do something. And I'm blessed by that. It's a privilege to be doing my father's business. I don't consider myself better than anyone else. And like I shared with you, this is part of, a, uh, part of the issue that Peter and Paul had. Peter was preaching to the, the, the chosen, the Jewish folks or those that were of the chosen ilk. And Paul was chosen by Christ to share and teach to the Gentiles. Well, the problem came up because Peter's portrayal was really questionable. He would say one thing, but then he acted out a different way. And so Paul sort of put him on point with that, and the Holy Spirit allowed that to, to go. And then God came when Peter was in his kind of a downward spiral, and, and I would say he was in his deep pouting mode. God came to him and gave him that vision of uh, remember the large sheet came down, was tied at the corners and lower down. And there was all manner of fruits and vegetables and animals and all these things in there. And God told him to go ahead and eat. Take what he wanted and eat it. And and to, if he wanted to, certain of the animals to go ahead and, and go ahead and kill them and cook them and eat them. And Peter refused and said, oh no, they're unclean. They're, they're not good. And God just very... Matter of fact, he put him right in his place and said, don't you tell me that anything that I create is not good. Everything I create is good for you and good to you and that you need to know that. So Peter was shown the error of his ways by vision that came from God, Heavenly Father, put him in his place said, everything I create is good for you. So you say that, oh, meat's not good for you and you got to do this or that's not good for you. You got to do it this way and this is not good for you. You got to do it that way. If God created it, it's good for you. This is where we have the problem that, that comes about in our culture and society. You have all these individuals that are making this declaration that all this stuff is not good, but they're not paying attention to the deeper problem is it's not God's creation. It's what man has done to that creation. It's like this thing with gluten. Everyone says that, oh, gluten is this and gluten is that and God do this and gluten this and gluten that. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not paying attention. Gluten is something that occurs within all fibrous growth. But when you cook it and prepare it for a meal, it cooks out. And it's a binder. And so then what happens is that other, that the companies that are producing the stuff for food, they add more gluten in than is required or necessary. So that you get this really nice fluffy bread or you get this nice texture. So they add much more than is necessary, more than is required. And it actually causes damage. 
to people because you shouldn't have that much, but they add it. They add more than is required, more than what was there. So saying that to say this, it's not the gluten, it's the man and mammon that put more in it so that they can make more money because their God is money. You have these pharmaceuticals and I, I shared with you the other day that the one that I looked up and researched this company and the name of their company is an, is an archaic and an obsolete Germanic word that means Lucifer. And the medications that they do and more and more and more of these advertisements that I'm finding from this company in particular, the purpose of the medication is far outweighed by the detriment and the side effects and the things that it can do for you, against you, even to the point of death. So for a long time ago, when all this stuff started, they were producing these things. And, and what was being shared and clinically proven is that the thing that they claimed was actually doing opposite to your body and not allowing your body to do what it is naturally supposed to do, which is what true vaccines do. And what they found is that things are being put in your body that cause your body not to do what it's naturally supposed to do. Well, all these advertisements, about a half a dozen different brand new medications now that have been released for people and every one of the side effects or the detriment is that your body is not going to be able to fight off infections or that you will be less res re uh, resistant to infections and can even kill you. But yet you're going to have clear skin because your psoriasis is going to go away. Oh, goody. God doesn't want any of that to happen to his children. But here's important, and we need to remember this. No matter what our circumstances, we don't let that intimidate us. Why? Because you are a child of the sovereign Lord God Almighty. You are his child. And what's that song, His Child and Forever I Am? There's a song, I remember the verses. He walks with me and he talks with me and tells me I am his own. And he can do that to every single one of us. But remember this, that the more challenges that come up in your day, even with all this stuff that goes on that the enemy tries to bring to you, that the more that that seems challenging, don't, be, don't let that be a daunting influence on you. Because the more that comes, the more power that God gives us to utilize. We just have to realize and ask. And God doesn't just give us in order to get us through the day. We tend to get up and, and when we get up to start the day, we have a and this, this comes mostly for the pre-planners and all those guys that fill up the day planner as quick as they possibly can. They got to fill that day planner up because they got to have all this stuff done. And they got to make this choice and that choice. And if they don't get this done, then that's not going to get done and this done and that done. And before you know it, there's a complete tornado that's going all around them. There's just this large debris that's spinning around them all the time. And they have to constantly duck every which way they turn. And they're intimidated by their days. And what we do is we tend to allow those to overwhelm us. And we make assessment of our day based on that. Rather than on the grace of God and his strength. 
and starting out the day with thanking him for walking with his chosen child, which you are, don't forget, you are chosen. And God wants to be able to count on you, not just count you in a number. He chose you for a reason. Remember, it's not just because you think he needs you, he doesn't. And you're not going to know what every single day contains or what's going to happen because it's not yours to know that. I've, I've shared with you before that there's two places we don't belong. And that's out in the future and in the past. The devil loves to take us in the past because he gets us to stomp around and mope around in regret and remorse. And then we start doing what? We start resenting people. We start getting agitated with people. Because of something that happened way back yonder. And allowing demons like the orphan spirit to build that foundation. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus my King. I rebuke that in his name. Because that orphan spirit does not belong with me. Because I am far from that. I am a child of God. I am an heir and a joint heir in the kingdom of heaven. My king is my brother and my friend. So, orphan spirit, I rebuke you. Be gone. Leave me be. That's what we have. We have the power and authority to do that. And our future is not ours and our past is not ours was ours, but is no longer ours because God heaved those things that we repented into the sea of forgetfulness and the devil loves for us to swim out there and bring them back. And sadly, many do. And that's not for us. The past is not for us, not to live in the past, be bound in the past, but the devil loves us to be there. Future is not ours. The devil loves us to get caught up in that because then we start to pre-plan everything and we start believing that it's our doing and that we are much more than what we are. You are chosen because you are God's creation and he loves you. He's our good heavenly father. Remember, he wants you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. That should be way more powerful in thought and in your heart than anything else. But sadly, adversely, that's not important enough. There are those that decide that they want to be much more. Well, how can you be much more? Well, in doing that, then you become like the pharisaical tyrants and you become like so many of the arrogant individuals now that we have in our culture generation that think themselves so much better than everyone else. Why? Because they got a fancy car, they got a fancy house, they work in a fancy building, and they wear fancy clothes. I've shared this before with you. God is a respecter of no man or no woman. He doesn't care what you have or who you think you are. He cares about the character of your heart. And the sad part of it is that many of those individuals that are think themselves so much more and have this haughty attitude, their hearts are cold and dark places. Many are very cold and very dark. And they think themselves so much more than what they are. The sad, but what we do is we pray for them. They can still repent. <clears throat> individuals that are in government now that are so egregious in their activities and the things that they do, we pray for them because they can repent. Remember, Paul tells uh, in his first letter to Timothy, says, I exhort you, please pray for all men, all men. And remember, that's a cultural thing. He's talking about women too, but back in that day. So don't get your knickers all twisted up about that. But we pray for all men and women because they deserve to be repentant 
and have repentance so that we can live peaceably. And that is good and acceptable to our Lord, our God. He wants us to do that. That is, that's kindness and compassion that dark hearts don't have. That's what's important to God is the character of our heart. And you have to remember, this is important. And this comes from the book of Deuteronomy, way back in Deuteronomy. Remember, that's the fifth book of the Bible. That's way back there. And remember, Regula Fidea, rule of faith. You have to go back to go forward. I know that might not make sense, but it does. It's all interwoven. And remember, this is important because the children of Israel were told this. And this was back when when Moses was giving blessings blessings to the 12 tribes and they were doing their thing. As your day, so shall your strength be. So you go in your little day planner and you look out there in the day coming and you think that your day is going to be so terrible and you're not going to make it. Well, God's going to give you the strength to get through that day. He always does. And Paul, as he reminds the church at Ephesus that the heart is opened because they had these, they had a lot of these issues. And we have to remember and understand, and, and Paul reminds us in Ephesus 3 that all the resources that God has are immeasurable the immeasurable power that God has, that his love as well as Christ would dwell in our hearts and give us the power and the understanding to know and realize the length, the width, the depth, and the height of his love. It's immeasurable. You can't measure it. And you can't figure it out with your finite mind. So stop trying. We can't figure it out. You can't compare it to anything because there is not. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, his great power is incomparable. So for those of us that are true believers, not label heads, and not self-proclaimed, but true believers, we have that in our faith. We have that in our faith. And this power and the love from God, he came and he died crucified first and saw me from a great far distance and then prayed for me to be forgiven as he was being crucified and getting ready to give up his spirit and then was buried in a tomb that had this stone rolled in front of it that weighed probably, just guesstimating, pretty close to two tons that because of leverage and all this, that it could be moved. But then the Pharisees, in their arrogance and their deciding to be much more, they were going to pay people to tell others that the disciples came and moved the stone. Well, the problem with that is that the stone was moved, but it was set in a field apart from the tomb. And the angels were sitting on it. Well, wait a second. How does that happen? If this stone was that large, which it was, and they were made that way for a reason, how were even 12 men and some of them small. And remember that little James had a little bit of a physicality issue. Now, big James, John's brother, and maybe Peter and, and a couple of the others and Simon the Zelot and I don't know, but still not enough to be able to get a, and pick that stone up and move it that way. So the power of God came and the stone wasn't moved so that 
Jesus could get out, the stone was moved so that the disciples and those curious could look in and see he's gone. And that's what the angel sat there doing. Remember when Mary first showed up? Why are you looking in here? Why? What are you looking for? He's gone. He's not here. And that strength and that might comes in the grace and love that God has for us all. First exhibited in Christ dying for us on the cross and being allowing that murder to take place that took his life. Well, they didn't take his life. He gave up his life. But they thought that they took it from him, which just fueled their impudence. And then raised him. And we see that and in his strength and his power that he chooses for us. And never forget that he tells us that as our day is, so shall our strength be in him and through him and by him. It is his grace and his love. And every day we should sit on that edge of that bed or even lay down. God doesn't require prayer posture. And he doesn't mind if we talk to him while we're lying there on our pillow. Before we get up and move and start the day, we, God Thank you for this day and talk to him. He doesn't mind. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you on my going out, my coming in every day, every day. That means at the start of my day, before I go out and and get up to do anything and in the close of my day, when I lay down to go to sleep, you're in my prayers every day. Be blessed.